0: Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute.
1: We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational, project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts.
0: Welcome, everyone. We have with us um, a recent Quest graduate Which is super exciting. We usually have been interviewing graduates who have graduated years ago, and so we're super excited to be speaking with Aaron Dixon. Aaron, can you just, for a little, take a second and introduce yourself to our audience, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So hi, my name is Aaron. Uh, I'm a current senior in high school. Uh, I'm currently taking Edison Project, and I'll be graduating soon, and I did Quest last year. Um, a few things about me is that I play the trumpet, and I've been doing that for about eight or seven years. i I've lost track, but since fifth grade, about so sometime then, and I've been doing band for a long time. That's one of my favorite passions. And I'm hoping to do it at the collegiate level. I'll be auditioning for the um Brigham Young University marching band soon, so I hope I get in. And, yeah, I got my and um, I got my mission call uh, on a few weeks ago to go to New York City. So I'm really excited about that. And I'll be doing that after graduation.
0: Wow, that's some exciting stuff going on. We don't live too far from New York City, but I don't love visiting the big cities anymore. (laughs) Just (laughs) because I have little kids and it's just chaos. But I have been there before. That's really awesome. I think you'll love it. It's a very fun place. Um, So tell us a little bit like how, long did you homeschool for? What what started your mom in homeschooling or your family in homeschooling you?
2: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't know how long it's been. I want to say since uh, they pulled me out at the third grade, which I think I was somewhere between eight or 10. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but it was somewhere in the third grade. And they just, my third grade teacher, I think it wasn't that we just didn't like the education we were receiving back then. And like, it felt like really cookie cutter kind of. Like, I remember our on one exit. I remember one story like how we, for the entire class, you wanted to like draw apples or something. And I didn't want to draw the apple and I got like an F on that assignment or something along those lines. And my parents were just kind of unhappy with how that education system was kind of pointing to is like, you have to do this in a certain way. And we we just wanted to have a lot more freedom to decide how I would be educated. And we wanted to instill, they wanted to instill um kind of our values in my education and not really forget that in the education process. And it's been really great because Arizona is actually one of the most friendly states when it comes to homeschooling. So we've had really little to no problems at all. Um, it's been really easy. We just basically pulled me out, said, hey, we're going to homeschool now. And the education, I actually don't know what authority said, but they were like, hey, yeah, yeah, that that's fine. And later, um, we we moved out to an area which has a really good school district. And they've been really, that school district has been really accommodating to us because I want to do band, right? And so they just let me participate in like band activities. And I'm taking music theory right now at the high school. And it's just it's been a really great experience because I've been able to, with band and with homeschooling, it's like having best of both worlds, kind of, because I can have still have a good education, but also have, like, you know, kind of that sort of high school experience with the band, and it's been a really fun experience.
0: Yeah, it, you need a lot of participate to do a band successfully. You can't just do a, a band with your 30 homeschool fan- friends. You know, you need like a big, huge conglomerate of students to, to make that successful. So that's, Arizona is a really amazing place to this kind of the front leader in, in parent choice and student choice for education. So it's pretty awesome that you get those opportunities. Um. So then what brought your family to being involved in like a combo school or doing the lemmy projects
2: so if i remember correctly there was this person in our church who um who my mom was really good friends with and there's actually a bunch of people um in our congregation who are all members of the co-op and in our denomination a lot of members of the co-op so that was interesting but how it worked out but um a member of my church church recommended it to my mom because for a few years we were with a um different homeschool cooperative it wasn't a commonwealth but we were just kind of unhappy with it in many areas and it kind of felt incomplete and I didn't really have any friends there like it just it kind of felt wonky and I didn't like it but and so my mom was like she kind of I don't I remember them having a meeting one day and they're like hey my friend was like hey we just I think it was just right when we started this commonwealth I'm going to is either right then or a year after and they're like hey we just started this thing you know you should be a part of it and we tried it from there and now i'm doing edison project and i'm going to graduate from like commonwealth so yeah <laughs>
0: That's so interesting that you say you know I didn't really have any friends in the other group because like when speaking with like a lot of people who. have been in a commonwealth they always say like yeah my friend, I have great friends, I have really awesome friends, like my friends have been such a huge part of that. And i'm just curious like I mean maybe you don't know the answer, but why is it that you can develop friendships better in a commonwealth than in like a normal. Cooperative homeschool group. I mean, I don't. I mean, I yeah. actually have no idea. I don't know the answer to this question. So <laughs> I'm just asking it because it's. I'm curious because so yeah. many people I talk to have said the same thing you have. So I'm just like, what's the difference? Probably goes
2: back to um, what a commonwealth is, and I don't have the definition like pulled up, but off the top of my head, a commonwealth is like, what's well, in the name, common wealth. You're all contributing to the wealth of the common. You want it everyone wants to help out each other somehow and like to step up their game and just be a community whereas a co-op might do that but it doesn't strictly do that like it could just be like a social time or it could just be like and I remember at that previous co-op I did some testing there but it was really just like PE on Fridays I think but this co-op is actually like getting together and studying classical books and like really growing with each other because um these past few years I've been with one class but then I kind of skipped actually skipped over a quest two to go to Edison so I'm in a different class now but we still like all kind of moved along this continuum together and like really built and because of that we really built this like family because it's so it's so close in it and we're all together and we're all just we're yeah we're basically just family and i think that's kind of what the commonwealth it does it has that effect of making togetherness
0: i really love how you said that because while you were talking like it just had like epiphanies go off like left and right but one of the things that you said was you know we were getting together and everyone was contributing to lift everyone else right that but that was the purpose like the purpose was we're all putting everything we have into this. So like um, I recently read a book called Bittersweet because it was recommended by my friend on the podcast. (laughs) And um, she said in the book, Bittersweet, talks about how um, the way we get through hard things is having a level of vulnerability where we allow others to serve us and we serve others. And if we don't have that type of relationship in our lives, then our our relationships with people is surface level, it can only ever be surface level because we don't allow others to serve us and then, in turn, we don't serve others. And so if you are going through a hard time or crisis in your life, you have to consciously allow others to serve you and likewise seek out those who are struggling and serve them. And so I think when you were talking about like what's the well being of everyone and everyone is contributing to that there's that relationship of like. I'm gonna serve you and mentor you and you're gonna serve me and mentor me and we're working to build each other. And then the second thing, Epiphany I had while you're talking was, we're not just getting together and doing fun things. I mean, there are a lot of fun things, but we're immersing ourselves in classics, which I think, the very nature of the classics change us, but also unite us. They give us like a common vocabulary, a common purpose and a common vision. And they also just like are common and like they empower us to be to be better and to and to work together. So I, I really like that insight that you have that there, because I think those are things that are very unique to a Commonwealth like environment, and especially one, you know, with the Lemmy projects so yeah. did you have a project that you really liked more than the others or one that you remember more
2: um that, that's 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 <laughs> a hard question um i don't know because each of the projects um they contribute they contribute that's where they contributed something and imp- really important that kind of helped shape who i am so i don't think i can really select a favorite um one, which was kind of, I think, the most impactful, and the reason I decided to say was Key of Liberty, and I think part of that was, one, the subject, but two, we, I had a really amazing mentor through Key of Liberty who really, like, I I had that um desire and patriotism for America already, but that mentor kind of, like, really, I guess, narrowed it down and are, like, helping me grow it a lot, and that kind of... Jazz helped me to confirm that yeah this is definitely where I should be. Um, I don't think it's like the most important one because a lot there's there's a lot there's been a lot of important um projects and ones that have really helped me like especially with Quest and learning road views and um about great leaders that was that was one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, Cube of Liberty just helped. It was the starting point and so I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna go with that because like that's a definitive a point in my education where it says it's, it's like a skyrocket and it oh and the rest is history as they say
0: <laughs> right you literally that's awesome so were were you able to memorize the declaration of independence
2: I don't I don't think I did that year I think I had like most of I have like the first two paragraphs down but like I don't think I did that year. I did basically everything else in the class and like I did the 110 rules of civility on a paper and I had to do it twice because first time wasn't legible at all and, the, and I stayed up to midnight both times doing that <laughs> but I did not memorize the declaration. That's was, a hard
0: one that's that's yeah. the deal breaker that is, is definitely <laughs> like it's very, very difficult to give that to a 12 year old and say here. Remember i's yeah. the of independence. <laughs> that one is, and you know, in a lot of ways, like people say oh it's too hard, we should take it out, but I think there's a lot to be merited in just being able to try to do something really, really hard at a young age and it's mm-hmm. it's invigorating to be challenged, um, I really so. Um, why do you think key of liberty gave you a vision of yourself
2: um i'm not sure how um i think well i think one area might be in my career aspirations and when i was doing key of liberty um i didn't really know why i wanted to be i think there was military that but i couldn't do military because i have Um, really severe asthma, and I wanted to be a police officer like my dad, but also, like, I could be one, like, it wouldn't prohibit me, but the asthma would just get in the way a lot, and then during 2020, I kind of had an epiphany epiphany with Kyrie, like, I love America, right, and I love all our values, and this sort of, the civic, not religion, but, like, the civic nature of America, and just all the values that go into it, and I had this epiphany, like, I could like be a lawyer or I could be a politician or I could be somewhere in the American uh, system to help uh, make our country a better place. And I think Key really solidified me, solidified my values in what America is, because there's a, there's a lot of people these days saying America is this or America is that or America is a, is a bad country. But Key was like, no, that's not entirely how it is. You know, General Washington, he was. He had his faults, but he was a really great man. He was a great leader. The Declaration of Independence, yeah, um, it's one of the most important documents, in my opinion, in the history of the world. And sure, they at that time, they had a lot of issues. They had slavery. They had a lot of racism. They had all those problems. But it's still a really important time in our history. And I like being able to recognize that. And key, just like with the revolution, with the constitutionalism, like I think Those two things, learning the Constitution and learning the Revolution, are basically the most important things an American citizen can do today to be a good citizen and, and in general, and key really instills those values.
0: That's awesome. I really like that, because I think there is such a mixed message in today's world about what is it? What is American? What does it mean to be an American, you know, and And I really love how you you didn't say just like, oh, because this is one of the biggest things problems I had when I was growing up is I got to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, the founders weren't perfect. And like, and then I was really like delusion for a bit, you know, being like, oh, these people were supposed to be perfect and they were totally not perfect. But I really like how you mentioned like, yeah, they, they did have these problems wrong with them. They did have these things that aren't ideal, but they still fought for an ideal within, in, within the, you know, the confines of their world. And that's something that we can emulate and admire. And you're not necessarily like ignore the faults, but see through them, hopefully the same way that, you know, people would have the grace for to see through our faults and see our greatness so i I really like that perspective because i think it's more complete because i I always got really mad at people like oh the founding fathers are the best thing in the world and and then at the same time like i hate the people are like oh they were evil terrible tyrants you know it's like there's a little bit of both in them right (laughs) like There's a little bit of the tyrant in john adams and then there's also a little bit of the the uh patriot and the the you know the great patriarch who sacrifices everything for for a cause so it's it's really you know shows the maturity for you to be able to see they the both aspects of of the good and the bad which is just the reality of the world we live in right you know you can't there's never like a perfect utopia you know (laughs) they're they're usually bad
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey aaron i i wanted to ask you i'm um actually mentoring a key of liberty this year and i just want to ask what books did you read do you remember
2: um it's been so long ago but i think we read pilgrims i don't remember what it was um okay
1: landing of the pilgrims okay
2: yeah I think we read guts and glory of the American Revolution, or that might have been Civil War. Uh, did, we read did a book you, about John Adams, though.
1: About John I, Adams, yeah. Did you read a um, uh, Red Scarf Girl?
2: Yes, I think we did.
1: Okay, awesome. How about um, uh, Freedom Factor?
2: That doesn't ring any bells. We might have, but I just forgot.
1: Okay okay awesome i was just wondering Mm
2: -hmm. that was ages ago now (laughs) i
1: no, i know what what is a book that really impacted you that any of the projects
2: um that's a good question um there's been many books uh one of the books i actually added to my core canon and my core canon is actually really small it's basically just limited to the scriptures but um, another one I added was Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, and we read that for a class that I don't think is yet in the Lemmy curriculum, but it's kind of one being started by a people at our commonwealth. It was called Scully Classics, and they wanted to try and, like, I think they're trying to get that to be an actual uh, Lemmy taught class, but I just, I really vibed with that book. Like, I agreed with pretty much everything he said, and I should probably study it more, but that's one. And I think another would be the Federalist Papers. Um, and I think that because that's one I, mem- I remember the most about. Um, I'm doing that for or I did that for my Edison project because we need to have a liberal arts mentor. And I have my grandpa to be that liberal arts mentor. And he had in the first book he had me read was the Federalist Papers, because. Just of how much like it can the. I mean, the Federalist Papers, they're kind of propaganda to get us, to get them back then to pass the Constitution, but if you look at it, it's a really good treatise on, like, how government works and how people works and, like, not just the United States government, it describes a lot of stuff in there, it's a good read, but just how government works in general and Madison Hamilton and John Jay, even though technically he was like only ate and got sick, but they were, like, geniuses when they wrote that and and just like a lot of the words that I read in there just keeps coming back to me, like, say, in my mind, if I'm defending the Electoral College, I'm like, hey, they said this or that. Or recently I was writing um an, a scholarship essay for, I guess it wasn't a scholarship essay, it was more like an award essay for the Ninth Circuit, and I quoted pretty much only the Federalist Papers. I probably should have used a bunch of different sources, but I used um a lot of the Federalist Papers in there just because like, It's really good material. It's a bit dense though, and I it is really dense. But I think the Federalist Papers would definitely be the most impactful one just because of my career. I I wanna be a lawyer and maybe run for political office, but definitely a lawyer and the Federalist Papers definitely help that.
0: I know it makes me so like mind boggling that this was a newspaper. You know what I mean? Like something that an average American could pick up and understand because like, yeah. i know, I'm like what happened to our vocabulary because it's like there's I can't maybe I can understand like 70 percent of what I'm reading but it's like a good 30 percent of it I'm like oh no I don't know what you yeah. just said there
2: there's yeah. <laughs> like a lot of fluff back then like they just wrote like I don't know what they did with their days, but they somehow wrote this entire fifty-one page essay or fifty-one essays, and it's like hundreds of pages, and the, and that's just casual for them back then. Like I don't, I don't understand it.
0: Oh yeah, I totally, I totally with you there. I remember read when I read them. I read them when I was um, when I was like sixteen. I read some of them, and then I read all of them when I was in college. But I do remember going through them and being like, "Oh my gosh, these are like the perfect understanding of of human nature interacting with with institutions, interacting, and then institutions interacting with each other, and just basically outlining like this is how this is how government and people will interact." This, you know, just principles of, and then to see like all the sources they quoted from like antiquity. I think was pretty amazing to kind of see those connections and correlations that they made so yeah it's a it's a definitely a. Really insightful, powerful classic, but something you have to work towards getting to because you can't really just start it at twelve. <laughs> you know, like yeah. It's it's so it's awesome that you're at that level of scholarship now that you can read that at you know at your age and understand it. I think is phenomenal because that's not something that most college graduates could <laughs> understand and read. So it's impressive. Also, like that you 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 know you do you have read some of the antiquity so- scholars and. In Marcus Aurelius, um, I think it's a very powerful foundation in logical reasoning, and then also the relationship with the divine, and you know, working your relationship with the divine. I I love Meditations, and and his stuff there is really a powerful way to like see yourself, and so it's kind of awesome just to see how you've taken the principles that you've gotten in the you know the beginning projects, and then push them into depth or deeper into these harder subjects, you know, which is just phenomenal to see that you can read these college or even post doctorate level stuff and, and understand it and like it. Like, there's not very many 18 year olds who say, oh yeah, I love Marcus Aurelius. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, don't, I think I could probably count them on one hand.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to go to college and it's like, Oh wow, this is nothing compared to the
2: <laughs> you joke about that a few times I think. Um but yeah, like those antiquity authors like Marcus Aurelius and get on that point um my grandpa also had me read uh the uh what is it? By Homer, The Odyssey, that's what it's called. The Odyssey and The Aeneid by Virgil and um On Duty or On Obligations by Cicero and and there's just something about those authors back then, like, especially like getting closer to the years between like um zero BC, and it's interesting to note, like how, like I think Cicero was a was born before Christ or or what something like that. But it's like interesting to note. I like you put the Gospels together, you put these antiquity antiquity authors together, and it's like there's a lot of matching going on. Of course, there's a lot they were. Polytheists, right? But there's a lot of interesting overlap going on there. And I think, I forget who my grandpa said this of. It was either Marcus Aurelius, Cicero, or uh, maybe I think it was Virgil. But like, among those three men, a lot of people call them, consider them to be like kind of non Christian, not prophets, but like they're just like this close to Christianity, but they missed the mark. And it's just really interesting to see that overlap between the antiquity authors. And it just, I really like those authors, like they're, they knew what, they knew what was up.
0: We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section.
1: And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using, because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website
0: at lemmementortraining.com. Oh yeah, Cicero or Cicero, depending on if you pronounce it the classical Latin way, was by far one of my favorite uh, statesmen. I studied him a lot when I was younger as well. I just, I loved, you know, I kind of, I think I related to him a lot because he's, he's like preaching to the Romans saying, guys, we're losing our republic. Like, we're seriously going to lose our republic. Uh, hello, the ship is sinking, you know, (laughs) and then it does sink and it's really sad to see what happens to him, right, and how he dies, but... But still like he I really resonated a lot with what he was saying about how like we have a duty to to the public being to act in a certain way outside of our own self interests. And that was one of the things that I, I really liked and admired about but also like I just the the simplicity of how he outlines how to be a good person. I like that. I, like, I loved Aristotle on politics for that reason, just because I thought like the simplicity of just, I, I, we have, I don't know. Hopefully someday you will get into existentialists but they ruined everything for me. <laughs> so now I'm like I love going back to the antiquity philosophers because the simplicity of the way you can see the world and how a man can interact with the world or woman and and how we can build a better world. It's very it's a it's a very succinct based on human nature and principles of truth and they do correlate with like world religions and and other things cuz truth is truth, you know, how however it's packaged you know, changes with with circumstances, but it's still truth. You know, Cicero still taught truth, and and so did, you know, and we're still taught his the story of humanity. You know, so I don't really actually. This is hard for me. I love the Illicit, the Iliad, and the od- Odyssey, but I'm I've never been able to really like the Aeneid.
1: Mm-hmm. I've always
0: just got like kind of bored or don't understand yeah. it, and I don't.
2: Yeah, that's 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 definitely understandable. Um, to be honest, I didn't really like. Like I read the Aeneid and the Odyssey, and like I I think they're both kind of boring. I'm not gonna lie, but it's but it was really great authorship, and um, the Aeneid was kind of dry in a lot of parts, and um, I think it just depends on the translation you read because I found some easier, some easier than other easier than others, but just that poetic form he writes in, it's like it's something like you can really get lost in it. Cause it's not this like, you know, four line stanzas or anything. It's like, and uh, I almost said the need a uh, Virgil. He's writing like paragraph long poems and it's just, you have to constantly go back and Homer kind of did this too, but not too much. I don't think too much to the same extent, but it's just, you have to keep going back on what you're read and read again. And it's interesting to know how like the Aeneid ends kind of abruptly. And I always thought that was interesting because it's like, where's the falling action? Like, you know, we were taught this in our English classes. This is what books are supposed to be. And one of the greatest books of all time doesn't have it. Like, what's what's going on here? (laughs) But yeah,
0: that's awesome. So when did your grandpa start more formally mentoring you?
2: (laughs) I think officially we could say this year, but it's kind of been like throughout my entire life. He's kind of been a really good mentor, just as my parents have been. Um, my grandpa um, has always kind of been wanting me to read these more like, he he, can, he he's always wanted me to read classics. And, we, and when we say classic, I mean like classic, classic, like, I mean, we already know from this conversation so far how far back we're going but that's a lot of that stuff is really important to my grandpa because um he was born in Illinois in the late 40s I think 48 and I think he, he was either not athletic or he had asthma like I do or something um but he stayed home a lot of the time and he just had empty time on his hands so he read books and he read a lot a lot of books because back in that time you know growing up it was the 50s and the 60s and he couldn't just oh hey here's a phone let me go scroll real quick he had to sit down and read the books and he really wants me to he really wanted me throughout my entire life kind of to read certain books of course when i'm 12 he's not giving me you know aristotle or anything but he's still like trying he still was always wanting me to read these books and a few years ago actually no for quest um i think it was for quest or maybe it was for. For some essays, I have him look over my essays sometimes that I was writing. Um, I don't remember when it was, but I remember he was looking over. I know it was for a college essay. It was definitely for that, but it was also something before that. But I also have him sometimes look over my essays and just to see how, you know, how they're doing or if they need to be fixed. But he's always been like a good influence in my life. And even not just with books, but with movies. Um, My grandpa really likes certain movies. I remember one is Mortal Storm, which is about um this family in Nazi Germany, and it's taking place while the takeover of the Nazis is happening, and it that's just, like, a really, really good movie to watch. I don't want to spoil or anything, but there's, like, there's a Jewish professor, and, like, everyone loves him, and then everyone hates him because, you know, Nazism and all that, and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. My grandpa had me watch that. That is a really good classic movie, and my grandpa's just also all about that stuff. He's really, um, kind of idealistic and he really just loves the sort of civic duty of Americanism that we really used to see in our country's past. Like, think like the 60s, the 70s, the 50s, or even the 40s, you know, people all had this sense of duty and Americanism and the kind of, sort of the same ideals of government. And my grandpa has always wanted to be like, trying to steal those values into me because a lot of those values are going away today, but he's been a good mentor to have throughout my life.
0: I think it's pretty amazing that you have this, that opportunity to study with your grandpa. Um, My, my grandfather was, uh, who's older than your grandfather a lot, but he, uh, he uh, was a very brilliant scientific mind. And um, my mom, she just like, didn't care to learn much until she started homeschooling us and then she started getting her education and so then she then she found leadership education and she started really getting education and so the last four years of my grandpa's life my mom really utilized his knowledge and would wrote papers he worked with him um, and it was it was the really one of the biggest blessings of my mom that she got to to learn from him because he died kind of prematurely he got sick and died when he was 72 so like you know he got kind of cut short and i think it's really a beautiful aspect of leadership education or just any wholesome education is that we recognize this this great wealth of knowledge available to us in the form of our elders that we can learn from and um Mm -hmm. so like when my grandfather passed away really (laughs) younger than we anticipated um my mom was like this isn't going to happen to my my kids, so I started, my grandmother started mentoring me and I was like 13. So every morning I would go downstairs cause they, she was living in our basement after my grandfather died. And we studied the scriptures. I studied the scriptures and they studied our faith for, for four years with my grandmother. And it was some of the best experience of my life learning from her, we read the Torah. Um, we read, you know, a lot of really amazing, canon in our core faith and so like having that opportunity and having your parents be like hey let's invite you know our grandfather to teach is such a beautiful aspect of of education and so I think in the future I mean I think you already recognize the blessing but you'll be really Mm -hmm. grateful in the future that this was something your parents made have happen for you because it's really pretty awesome
2: yeah
1: yeah now is your grandfather helping you? Is this part of Edison? this focus on uh, the liberal arts? Um,
2: yeah. so for Edison, um we need like four mentors. We need our parent mentors, which we usually already have um and we have the Edison mentors themselves. and then for the project, you need another mentor. um this year, I kind of had. There's this thing in Arizona called the State Seal of the Arts Project, which is basically thing that goes on your diploma, though. I'm going to have to ask the band director when I can get it, because I'm not graduating from the high school. I'm graduating through our homeschool, but basically just recognizes students who have had a fine arts approach to education and have done a lot of work. And then, um, and then I had a bunch of different parts of my project. But then we need a liberal arts mentor, because we don't want to forget, like, We still want to be educated while we're doing whatever our project is. And our project could quite literally be anything in the world. It could be, I don't know of any examples off the top of my head, but it could be anything. And we just don't have those like liberal arts and the education in your life somehow. And so that's basically what my grandpa was doing for this year's end. We actually, um, uh, I'm a few weeks out before graduation, but I'm actually i actually finished it with him like a week or two ago without with all the materials he was having me read so yeah he was just a liberal arts mentor
1: okay what was your project
2: um so my project was in kind of three-ish parts though i kind of neglected the third one sometimes (laughs) but um the first one i'll go with music because i i think that was definitely the most successful part of my project um so this year in high school, I I kind of took a bit off more than I could chew with my music, because, um, I was doing marching band because our our school has a bunch of different bands that we have marching band, concert band, symphonic band, jazz band, and I'm I'm in all four of those bands. So I really have no need to be like, it's really tiring because playing for that long, you know. I play the trumpet, right, and my lips get tired playing for four hours straight. (laughs) At least marching band's over, so I don't have that hour anymore. But it's still the other three. And then um, I TA during our orchestra period, which is most of the time I don't do anything. But sometimes the band director he needs me to like scan scores so we can get copies passed out to everyone, and that's basically what it is. And then I'm enrolled in our AP Music Theory course, which I thought I would like it. I don't like it as much. (laughs) But yeah, and so part of my project was for the music aspect was to compose so a fight song for our Commonwealth, and I did that um, in like an original melody and lyrics and everything. And then another part of it was um, some uh, two people at our co-op are musically inclined. They created this vocal and piano arrangement. We call it our um, altus song. And I basically turned that into a marching band arrangement. And then um, I also, there's this poem my grandpa had me memorize for my project. I, I was supposed to memorize a few other poems, but we kind of never got around to that. But I did memorize one of them. And I just felt inspired, like, over the course of two days, I neglected part of my schoolwork, which may not have been so smart. But I made another song out of it, out of that poem, which I don't think there's really any other song made out of that poem. So that was part one. It was really fine arts based. And then for the second part of my project, um, I had this idea at the start of the year to like try and get a bill passed about like school shape, school safety and stuff, um, and just like better ways we could keep our school safe because I think the um, the Uvalde Texas school shooting I think was recent at that time of the school year, and I was just like, you know, I think there could have been better things, and I know that was in Texas, so. It's not exactly one to one, but I was hoping to get that passed. Um, so I contacted my local state representative um and that kind of took a while, but I shadowed shadowed her in February, and I didn't get the bill passed because those po- those politicians they're really, really busy. but I think it was still helpful because if I do run for office, I was like I really got to see what the day-to day life of a politician was that day in February and it was really insightful and maybe I can get that bill passed that the idea that I have in the future and then the third part um I say it's a third part but it kind of fell short it was because I, I want to be a lawyer right so it's there's this thing we have called teen court in Arizona which is like a program for youth who commit crimes and they go through this like court process with actual peers so it's a jury of teenagers it's attorneys who are teenagers and they go through this entire process so they can be rehabilitated and their record is cleared and so i was going to do that but then i got into the uh, a local youth orchestra which happens to have rehearsals on saturdays and teen court was also on saturdays so that was unfortunate and then also to make things worse i had to skip a bunch of orchestra rehearsals because i was in marching band and we had marching band rehearsals on saturday and i was really <laughs> double booked in that aspect but I'm going to try and finish out my project by reading um, a law book somewhere my grandpa gave me, but it's a law book. And I'm going to try and read that to like brush up on the law before I go on my mission for our church. But that was basically the gist of my project.
0: That is insanely ambitious. And it's. I think the beauty that I saw through that project is even though sometimes it looks like, oh, you failed because you didn't accomplish everything you set out to do. I think when we dream big and huge, we definitely succeed way more than when we dream small, right? So like, people are like, oh, that's poor planning or that's poor what it's like, no, 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 this is, that's perfect because you stretched yourself beyond what you were doing then to 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 try to accomplish all these really awesome, amazing ideas. And even if you didn't cross them all off, you grew immensely in the process of doing that, which, which you know, It's about becoming and not necessarily achieving, you know, so yeah you didn't get a bill passed, but the very fact that you had the guts to contact a representative and make something try to happen that's that's like more than. I don't know if any other youth have tried that. So, like, you know, I mean, like that's pretty ambitious. It's pretty, pretty gutsy. So that's, it's really impressive to, and and it, and another the thing that's super amazing is just honing in on the things that you love and you're passionate about, and then getting really good at those things. I think that's one of the, the things I really love about leadership education is like, yes, you have, you probably are not going to be the most expert in physics, right? But you know like that's okay right that's okay that you're not an expert in physics because you're not going to go into physics (laughs) you know what i mean like you're not going to be you know a physics major so it's like it's it's just beautiful to be like this is what i want to do with my life so i'm going to really really be good at this and hone in on these things like nobody gets mad that michael jordan can't you know do you know algebra equations off the top of his head right nobody gets mad at that because he's a professional basketball player and we admire that so it's like it's it's absurd for us to think oh you know when you graduate high school you need to have a basic working knowledge in 50 different subjects it's like what if you do two things really 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 well hmm. then you're going to be not only happy but really good at those things right so it's just a, I, and you know obviously you do have to get into college if you want to be a lawyer and it looks like you're working that pathway too but you know I think you've done so much for your education specifically tailored to your strengths that you're going to be worlds ahead of of everyone else
2: (laughs) um, reminds me of this quote I think it's by Montaigne who is a French philosopher the quote's not one-to-one but he said something along the lines of like I forget how he phrased it because it was like in the middle of a sentence and had a bunch of stuff before But he basically just says, you don't want to lose a good captain to make a bad general, which I thought was really interesting. Because like a lot of high school students, you know, like you said, you don't want to be well versed in 50 different subjects because like that's kind of really absurd. Because like there's no you don't expect anyone really on the planet to be well versed in 50 subjects. I mean four at the most maybe i mean we have the act and sat like those subjects maybe but like if you really hone in on one on this um one subject of yours you can be like like the quote like a good captain in this one good subject instead of being a bad general that general subjects 50 general subjects you know so yeah definitely
0: that's really a great analogy i was just thinking about like looking at history and looking about like the civil war and being like yeah, that was definitely Lincoln's problem. He kept putting the captains in the general seat <laughs> and he kept losing the war because he's got the wrong captain in the general seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, this has been so fun just to hear your educational journey. It's super inspiring and, and it's been really insightful for me. Um I one question I want to ask is um how do you feel like one of the big things people say when they're like, "Oh, you're homeschooled. Is what about your social life?" Well, what would your response be to that? You know, like how do you feel like you have been able to accomplish having like a healthy social life as a teenager or, you know, you're not, you know, that's not necessarily your favorite word, but as a youth.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's there's a lot of different things you can do if you're homeschooled to have a social life and um I think, you know, with Lemmy kind of having a homeschool co-op or commonwealth uh, actually having that commonwealth that's you know number one but if you don't have a commonwealth go you can there's still maybe co-ops and if there's not co-ops um you can maybe try the way I did it um Arizona is more friendly towards homeschoolers but there's like a state statute saying that you have to allow homeschoolers to take extra scholastic activities I think is I forget how the wording is we basically used we've clung to that statue this entire time I was in band. So, you know, finding those extracurricular things is definitely really good. Um, I know a few people in our co-op or Commonwealth who are taking, who are in track and, or I think one was in football at one point. So you know, there's definitely a lot of options. And at the end of the day, um, go to church. That's like the best community you can have. Um, I remember one of the leaders in my church. I think it. It was Dallin H. Oaks. He said something that going to church is important. Like, And he that wasn't just saying for the members of our church, hey, we should go to church. It was mem- he was saying everyone everywhere should be going to church, whether you're Muslim or you're Jewish or Catholic, Baptist, whatever. You should be going to church because one of the main reasons is that it has a sense of community, right? We have like, you know, you, you have your Easter pageants or you have your cookouts or something along those lines. You can have community through your church services, and I think that yeah, that's that's basically it. Just go to church and have you, you have that community, and hopefully, if they if everything goes right, however big your congregation is, say it's say the congregation is like I don't know, two hundred fifty people. Hopefully, you you have two hundred fifty automatic friends, right? So I think that's there's ways to be social if you're a homeschooler, and we're not hermits living in our mom's basements.
0: <laughs> I know that's what everyone was like oh you probably never get dressed like uh, <laughs> no <laughs> the thing that I really like to tell people is like you know when I was homeschooling I had 30 really close friends like really close friends like friends that we would if we all got together you would today you'd be like oh you guys like see each other every day and you know, even though we haven't You know, like you know just really good relationships deep relationships and and powerful relationships, so I think that's the thing that I'm like well yeah maybe I don't know. You know 500 people in my high school, but I definitely have some really close friends that make a big difference. And some of those friends too are like you know, like your grandfather. Like, what a what a better way to learn how to be social than learn from someone who's been doing it for decades more than you have, (laughs) you know? Like, like that's that's just the better way to do things. Heidi, do you have any other questions you want to ask?
1: Well, um, as you are leaving, I mean, you're growing up, you're going away. How do you feel like? in quest you know the quest class and edison how have how how do you feel like that has helped prepare you for leaving i know you haven't left yet Mm -hmm. but do you feel a little bit better because of the information that you have learned
2: probably um i i know we had dinner with um our local missionaries once and my mom was talking all about lemmy and you know quest and like Oh, yeah, he was in this class and he learned worldviews and the missionaries were like, yeah, you definitely want to know worldviews on your mission. Like, that's going to be really important because, like, the doctrine in terms in our faith, we, you know, we can give these really churchy answers and be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to us. But then you go to someone who say maybe they're Muslim or they're Jewish or they're, they're or Hindi or Uh, anything along those lines or they're just they have a different culture from you and a different worldview and like you say those things they have no idea what you're talking about or they see those things or they know what you're talking about like the terms you're talking about but they see them in a different light that you do and so it's really important to know like what other people believe because that way you can help make thing you can like bridge that cultural divide and um I think it's also important because we live in America which is like the most ethnically diverse country on the planet pretty much I don't like even New York City I think has like I don't forget how the number is but they have like some odd hundred number of languages there and different cultures and people and that's where I'm serving my mission it's like I need to know these road views and without quest um I may not be so well versed in those road views I could still brush up on it but like it's better that I already, have that knowledge in my mind before I go out into the road not just on a mission but in college or in my career experience or wherever I'm going it's really important to have those road views in my mind and yeah definitely definitely knowing road views is going to help you in whatever situation you are in yeah
1: no I I totally agree my I have five boys my four older ones are are older than my youngest and all four of them were saying Okay, no matter what, you know, our little brother has to do the personal manifesto. You cannot (laughs) leave home without it. And Mm -hmm. that personal manifesto was just so powerful for them when they left home because it was like, okay, this is what I believe. And they were learning about what everybody else believed. And that was really powerful. And I'm sure that's going to help you, you know, relate to all of these different people, all of, you know, New York, you're right. You're going to be inundated with all these different ideas, which is awesome. But, um, knowing what you believe is, is really important too. I just, yeah, that is awesome. Well, I know you'll do great. So I'm excited for you.
0: (laughs) Well, Erin, thank you for spending the time with us. This has been Like I said, it's been inspirational and really exciting to see your educational path. Slightly jealous, too, because I'm like, man, I would love to go back and start reading some more of the antiquities with a mentor. That'd be so fun. First of all, I was like, oh, where am I going to get the time and, and find a mentor? <laughs> but uh, that's just like so so awesome that you've been able to have this uh, amazing education and you've taken advantage of it and you've taken ownership and you've decided to, to steer your own ship and be the own, your own captain. I think that's super inspiring. and. Um, best of luck with your endeavors in new york and hopefully you won't freeze too bad in the winters now that since you're an arizona boy i don't know if you'll you'll like it but kind of cold
1: yeah thanks thanks for having me yeah this was a lot of fun really appreciate you spending your time with us thanks for listening to this episode just as in every lemmy training We hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy Mentors, past and present. You got this, you can do hard things.